Welcome to Jurassic World. This uh, bunker, this article was already something that had been written by the time I joined the Jurassic Park Legacy Research Team, and it kind of just basically stayed as is as it was written back on Jurassic Park Legacy. I always thought it was kind of interesting though that the bunker, as we see in the movie, it takes the place of a major set scene from the novel where they hold where Hammond, Ellie. Muldoon, all those people holed up in the hotel instead of a bunker. Mm. And it the bunker here is being used mostly for storage, it seems, because as we see in the in the movie, it just has like a bunch of engine crates laying all over the place instead of actually being used for any kind of emergency. It looks like it just has like Probably dry rations, extra light bulbs, stuff like that. You know? Yeah, yeah. Plus the big, the big drawer cabinets of uh, plans and that. It's almost like, um, yep, we're going to build a bunker. We've got one, but there's no sort of animals getting out. We don't think animals are going to get out, so we're just using it as a storeroom because it's exactly yeah. for its intended purpose. Mm-hmm. Though we do see that, like the novel, novel. Um, Muldoon got his order of a couple of rifles, machine guns, and unfortunately no rocket launcher, but the Kenner toy <laughs> did come with one. <laughs> yes. Yep. A lot of Kenner toys had rocket launchers. <laughs> <laughs> Dinosaur rescue missiles. You can now inject the tranquilizer directly through the T-Rex's brain and out the other side. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and of course we get some Spaz 12s in there too, which is great. Um, uh, funnily enough too, now that um, more of those um, blueprints have come out, one specifically for the uh, the uh, maintenance shed actually shows they use the um, those stairs leading down in the maintenance shed and a forward part not seen 
when Ellie goes in there as the uh, the bunker for the underground mm-hmm. stuff, part of that set. So that's a bit of behind the scenes stuff there. Not so much the ma- the the bunker being attached to the maintenance shed in the film, but it does raise that question: We're going to get there. Why? Why is there nothing like this for Jurassic World? And it's sort of discussed in the novel too that. Like, there's no doctors, and I suppose in the film as well, no doctors, uh, no medical centre, nothing like that, because you don't really want to show guests uh, that there could be a need for this sort of stuff. I was going to say, at the same time, you would think there would be, because, I mean, it's inevitable that, like, they're going to need first aid and, like, a nursing team and people just generally versed because i mean you're gonna get people you're gonna get kids falling off the uh zip line you're gonna get people who get stupid and daring and drunk and try to ride the <laughs> baby triceratops yeah. at night when they're not supposed to be i mean it's just an inevitability that people are going to act recklessly and require the need for a medical staff well, and then on the complete other side of the spectrum, you've got the hypochondriacs that get a splinter and think their finger's going to fall off. and want... Yeah, like Ben. <laughs> yeah, yeah. so um, I think it was more so in the novel, just the complete arrogance of Hammond and um, and that sort of thing that goes you see through the novel and towards the end where he just blames everyone for the park failing and not, not, his, own, uh, not his own fault. But I think with Jurassic Park, it was also small and intended to be small at first. So if you take out all the all the uh, crates and stuff that are in the bunker, they probably had more room for a lot more guests. But again, arrogance of Hammond. <laughs> hmm. Well, nothing was going to get out. Don't worry. We could just keep the uh, all the extra light bulbs in here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get them out of the lobby, out of the visitor center lobby. It's, it's cluttering up the marble floor. <laughs> yeah, and that sort of interesting comparison with Jurassic World where they know they know what the stakes are everything has to be safe um, they know if there's going to be if there's a major incident they'll shut down just for the safety mm-hmm. side of things we'll get to that when we discuss the minutes uh, anything else on the Jurassic Park emergency bunker before we get into the next minute I know I think we're good alright in Jim Hoskins I know you are then you know why I'm here. I've been working for two years on an application for those raptors. They can hunt and kill that creature. Your program was to test their intelligence. Yeah, it was, and we did. And in the process, we learned something. They follow orders. You see, the solution to your crisis is standing right in front of you. Let me be as clear as I can. No velociraptors are going to be set loose on this island. <laughs> Minute 71 of Jurassic World opens back in the control room and the park map and ends with Hoskins telling Masroni that guests on the island have no place to go. Uh, as we ended last minute, uh, we had the dialogue from Larry that every time this thing kills, it moves further south. And as we continue to Minute 71, he adds, uh, it's heading right for the park. And... As we get that shot on the map, we can see the red line following the Indominus' path, even though the uh, tracking implant's been pulled out. And there's three lit-up areas on the map with the circles, and we can assume uh, one of them's... Well, if you read it, it says Paddock 11, so we know one of them's the uh, the escape and killing the worker there. Uh, the second would be the ACU ambush, which um, says uh, ACU attack, number two. 
But number three is pretty much on the border of the restricted area and says visitor attack. I've got no, I've, I didn't know what that was when I wrote it up, but now I'm thinking more of it. I think that's the gyrosphere attack. Yeah, um, that's what I thought it was too. I don't know why I didn't think of that earlier, but it's um it's weird. We're going to see in a couple of minutes' time that uh, Claire's still got a phone with her and um, calls the control room. Presumably, she's um, they've called in the apatosaurs, which is right next to that or a fence, whether it's a restricted zone fence or not. And even though even though it's the boys and the gyrosphere, uh, they are visitors to the park, but no one was killed there. Oh, not that they know unless they've marked it as a kill <laughs> until until the boys show up. <laughs> I don't think they really marked it as a kill so much as just being an oh, attack in general. Attack, yeah, okay, yeah. But we don't know if... Um, well, obviously, they haven't got information yet about the uh, the dead employees at the old visitor centre. Um, mm-hmm. They might not know about the, uh, the, the Patasaurus as well, but presumably... They've kept contact with Claire to uh, let them know. Or even the the gyrosphere disappearing off the uh, off the map because it's broken or been attacked might have been enough for them to just to, just to presume it's been attacked. Mm-hmm. But then we discussed back then too that obviously they had to have been told exactly where that gyrosphere was because how fast how quick they come up on it. But... Masrani asks, "Why would you come here? It's obviously the buffet <laughs> that they've got <laughs> set up here because." Vivian answers him, and I can't recall how she should know about it, but she can sense thermal radiation, uh, emergency procedures, mm-hmm. uh, or emergency measures just put all the warm bodies in one place. I don't know, they they said that she could camouflage earlier, and mm-hmm. I don't think there was anything about the way she actually sees the thermal radiation. Do you recall that coming up before? No, but I was going to suggest that perhaps um, Masrani briefed the rest of the people about the fact about after his discussion with Wu that to be on the lookout for it, uh, like thermal spikes or something like that, you know? He um he asks for the handbook, the Indominus handbook off Wu, and he's taken it back to the controller and just handed it over without reading himself. <laughs> well, I love you too as we cut back to that map on the wall. You can see one of the monorails is heading back out from the resort going north towards the uh, restricted zone right where that where that drive mm-hmm. attack was or nearby, so they must be just on automatic there because I don't know why mm-hmm. it would be off off going again. Well, we do see some other kind of interesting things going on with the um, map here. Some neat labels that I've never really noticed before, like how um, technically the T-Rex paddock is stated to be in Sector 2, even though we don't actually see any physical barriers between that and the rest of the Main Street area in Sector 3. Meanwhile, there's also a weather station on the West Coast near a water power generator. And um, then on the East Coast, past the Jungle River, there is a marker for the fact that the cliffs produce a sudden drop. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Here, here I was just looking at the uh, the path of the Indominus. <laughs> and there's also a tunnel outlet in near the um, uh, near the western forest in Sector 4. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see that. Which is interesting because that's 
from memory, that's nearly where the bunker is, isn't it? That we get in Fallen Kingdom. No, the bunker was in the north uh, northeast of the island. But that's because that's up near Jorosphere Valley, where that tunnel outlet is. No, it was like I said, it was further north. Oh, it's further north, is it? Okay. Yeah, Try but we do it. see that there are an ACU station near the Jungle River and at the um. In Sector 2, oh, yeah. kind of like out in the middle of nowhere, which kind of makes me wonder why. Oh, and a sudden drop. Mm-hmm. A lot of sort of coordinates, that sort of thing as well. I wonder if the H within the upside down triangle is some, a helipad or something. Could be. It's a, it's a weird logo for it, though, being a triangle. Mm-hmm. Usually it's a circle. Yeah, yeah. Up, um, up at the top end where it says Jungle River, is that toilet block? Is that the male-female symbol there? For toilets? Um... Where, where, just, just above where it says river. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. They have and a, non... they, they must have a bathroom at the end of the Jungle River cruise. Well, it, it'd come down towards that bay, wouldn't it? You'd imagine. So oh, right, yeah, so it, it goes the other way, so they must have a bathroom near the start. Oh, that's a halfway point. Mm. Could be. Mm. But I didn't think the Jungle River Cruise was that long of a ride. Yeah, well, that's it. We don't see. We'll have to have a look at the, the general larger map and see if there's anything mm-hmm. further north that's cut off by the end of the screen here. But... Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that monorail looks like it's heading towards the aviary, too. Um, mm-hmm. So it might still be open, even though we don't really see any guests there later when uh, it hits the fan. But go on, Minus Plains. Yeah. I didn't zoom in. Interesting too, if the uh, the T Rex kingdom there, you got those three uh, large trees. It looks like the redwood mm-hmm. on there as well. Yeah. Also looks like they have the bamboo forest is um, kind of right there in between sector two and uh, sector three. Okay, so in sector two, right at the bottom, they're tracking something. That looks like a bandsaw or a like what you get for little hurricane symbol or something. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, which is weird because, like, and we know that there's a storm incoming towards the island that we never actually see happen. Weather station supplies. Weather antenna. Eh, weird. Then again, too, they might... <laughs> Here, here's a map of the park. Populate it with whatever you can. <laughs> well, it's just a shame because we never really do get a good look at the island, and each map that we get presents different information so we are kind of left to piece it together ourselves you know <laughs> and we're about to get two new maps added to the the lore as well in the next couple of minutes <laughs> <laughs> just to confuse things even more uh also here we got um we're seeing seem to be in phase two of the evacuation too which i'm not sure what phase two is i thought phase one was bring everyone back in phase two is everyone wait <laughs> wait to be told what to do next or enjoy the uh the main lagoon um attractions well after the um indominus escapes doesn't claire sound the alarm for a phase two real world bringing everybody in yeah so we skip phase one unless it's unless it's phase two is this particular type Phase one might be just shut something locally. Yeah. Phase three might be stop all air traffic. <laughs> oh no, just 
different phases for different things. It's not actually ramped up like you we're going to. Uh, oh, I can't remember the goddamn term now. <laughs> not Foxtrot. What happens when they drop a nuke? Something five or one Delta for no. Um, duck and cover. No, no, the military. You've got the military five step system over there. Um, oh, um, you're you're right. What is that called? Yeah, I've completely drawn a blank. Um, Defcon. Defcon. Defcon two. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. not a. Yeah, I finally got it after five minutes. Um, yeah, it's not <laughs> a, a a sliding scale like that. It's probably just a phase phase numbered phases for different things. Anyway, that was probably too much time taken on something that didn't need to be talked about. Uh, the lift doors open and uh, Hoskins returns to the film. Uh, the guard goes to tell him he can't come up here, but uh, Hoskins just holds his ID card up to his face as his engine <laughs> doesn't stop, uh, which is just continuing the line of this poor guard standing here being completely dissed by everyone that walks <laughs> into the room. <laughs> the whole movie is really about how this guard keeps getting stiffed by everybody who comes into this room. <laughs> He's just trying to do his job. Come on, let the guy do his job. <laughs> yeah, at least let him check the ID. <laughs> uh, but we've we've discussed before why is the guard standing there and not down or not stationed in the lift or uh, at the bottom. But anyway, um, Masmerani notices that he's entered and uh, Vic keeps his ID up and says his name. Uh, Masmerani slowly replies, "I know who you are." So these two obviously don't see a lot of each other uh, on island. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, all their paths probably don't cross at all apart from reports that go across someone's desk yeah well the next conversation that they have is interesting because I was actually discussing it last night with uh, some other fans on discord and the Jack Ewins one that he has yep yep well we'll, uh, we'll go for it quickly here and then we can talk about it Hoskins replies and you know why I'm here I've been working for two years on an application for those raptors they can hunt and kill that creature Masrana responds, your program was here to uh, test their intelligence. Um, well, your program was to test their intelligence, and he replies, yeah, uh, it was, and we did. And uh, in the process, we learned something. They follow orders. You can see the uh, solution to your crisis standing right in front of you. Mm-hmm. Masrani doesn't blink and says, let me be as clear as I can. No velociraptors are going to be set loose on this island. So, yeah, that little exchange of... Uh ideas that they have there suggest to me that Masrani had no idea that Hoskins was looking to weaponize the Raptors at any point and that Masrani had only approved the Ibris project as a research only thing. He, I'm going to assume that it was that Hoskins and Wu conspired uh, behind uh, Masrani's back to get the whole thing, get the whole Ibers project into a weaponization phase, because it seemed that Owen knew that that could potentially be the um, be the end game to his research was military application, and he just seemed like he felt he could stall it and never really expected something like the Indominus coming in and fast tracking the Ibra, the raptors into a weaponization phase. Meanwhile, Wu was developing more of a hardware side while Owen was developing a software, in a, in a manner of speaking, where 
if you consider the training and the way that Wu genetically engineered the raptors for docility and compliance, you can consider that Owen was essentially building the software that could be then placed into something like the Indominus, the E750, or even the Indoraptor, and then allow them to follow orders. Hmm. Well, where and we get to, we get to touched on back when Hoskins is talking to Owen about it all, and and Hoskins sort of scoffing, saying, "You think the eighth richest man in the world knows <laughs> about what we're doing here and that sort of thing?" Like they've they've pretty much got the the blank credit card, and they're running around with with dad's money <laughs> doing doing all this research and that without um approval exactly owens, and owens, owens reporting to hoskins and i don't think those reports are going anywhere past hoskins desk and i think that hoskins is also hinging on the fact that like you said or like hoskins said it's a multinational company and masrani doesn't have time to get into the day-to-day so he he's hinging on the fact that he can be like you said he can basically do whatever he wants so long as Masrani he's not doing it when Masrani comes in to check in you know yeah and as for Owen like yes he he would have known that what the end game might have been and and Hoskins says it earlier too like you knew what the end game was Owen Owen's sitting there well unless there's a major incident which there shouldn't be um, we're just going to keep on training the raptors and getting mm-hmm. getting them more used to people and the orders and maybe one day after the end goal being able to get in the cage with them mm-hmm. <laughs> not in a not an emergency situation but but you don't imagine how that that all started hoskins <laughs> hoskins going to masrani saying hey we want we want some raptors obviously already talking to woo to make sure it can happen and yeah. start starting the whole ibris project there which we have talked about before, so we don't need to retread on that. And also here too, like with four films in, we know we know how bad the Raptors can be, and sort of we know Masrani probably has heard all the stories as well, and does mm-hmm. not want does not want those animals loose on an island with twenty two thousand mm-hmm. visitors because that's going to turn into uh, well, it should turn into uh, uh, and it does turn yeah, into Freddy, a bloodbath. Yeah, Freddy <laughs> versus Jason on this little <laughs> But not not the way we think anyway. <laughs> Hoskins uh, doesn't seem to react the way that Masrani thought he would. He just sort of laughs in frustration and points to Masrani, and then to the uh, island map. Um, you're out of your mind. <laughs> what are you going to do with all these people? You've got twenty thousand people here. What are you going to do? They have nowhere to go or no place to go. And uh, as the minute ends, Masrani just stands there unable to respond. But. <laughs> That's a good point, and we talked about earlier. There's no bunker. There doesn't seem to be any bunkers or emergency procedures here. The fact lay that they have to get cruise ships in to help, which we're going to talk about there, because how many cruise ships are <laughs> cruising around the uh, Central America um, <laughs> that can that can help? <laughs> this is yeah. But they're going there. Yeah, twenty thousand people. Even all the hotel, all the space needed to to house the twenty thousand people, mm-hmm. or, or the portion of the population that would stay there. You're not going to be able to build enough lifeboats to get all of them off the off the Titanic. <laughs> there's, 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 you got no you got no hope. You got to have all your faith in your security precautions, being able to keep animals out of certain areas, out of the main resort mm-hmm. area. Which sort of makes me think later later when we get to the jeep approaching that big fence with the guards on it. 
that seems like it'd be more of a resort perimeter fence and not the restricted zone fence, just as that last resort. But we'll get there when we get there. Um, well, the other problem is that even with Hammond as and Mizrani, the engineer for aesthetics, and this goes back to the Disney analogy where they're engineering so you don't see the wire bits of wires and strings controlling the back controlling what you're seeing you just see what looks nice and pretty and resort like you know well yeah disney being the perfect example of that with the the tunnel system underneath that up mm-hmm. pops the uh, the wonder the, fan, the fantastical and the wonder and everything else of disney in that world and underneath's the the um mm-hmm. yogi bear having a smoke having a cigarette or, <laughs> or whatever else <laughs> happens under there <laughs> <laughs> that, that reminds me of <laughs> the time I went I went to Disney World for my um, little cousin's fifth birthday party and we went on this cruise thing around the lagoon they did it was like Peter Pan and Captain Hook themed it was pirate themed and there's Peter Pan is on the boat with us and uh, he's interacting with the kids and my little cousin hugs Peter Pan and I hear him I hear Peter the guy playing Peter Pan as he's walking away I overhear hear him saying I got my first hug can I get a raise it's <laughs> <laughs> just you know, the little kids aren't supposed to hear that but I'm 12 and I'm aware of it. <laughs> <laughs> and just like that, the magic is broken. <laughs> that would have been an easy way to get that guy fired. <laughs> uh, um, and else on that before we get into novel comparisons. And uh, I think we're good. All right. Um, we get the same speech between Masrani and Hoskins as per the film, but there's a small difference. Uh, and this is more for, for the next minute of dialogue there, but when Hoskins says the Indominus is a killing machine and won't stop, Maserani walks forward, interrupting him, uh, now within a foot of his face, and uh, tells him I intend to personally look into your project, etc., etc., and that dialogue. So, again, like uh, like when Maserani was talking to Wu, a bit more aggressive there, and here a bit more aggressive responding to Hoskins as well mm-hmm. in, the, uh, in the novel, instead of uh, in the film where he's sort of looking there almost like he's about to cry, and, not really sure what to do, but uh, we're going to find out next minute exactly what he plans to do. Interestingly, the the way that the tone sounds in the novel makes it sound like he's going to investigate rather than consider. Because in the final movie, in the movie, it sounds like he's thinking about considering the project when he says he'll look into it. Yeah, well. We'll get there next minute. I thought that um, I'm going to consult. I'll, I'll personally look into it next month. Like it's not a by saying he's going to look into it, it'll buy him some time. But he's not going to do it anytime mm-hmm. soon, just because again he doesn't want the Raptors free. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. We'll get a bit more of that dialogue next minute. Uh, Dave, anything else on the 71 before we get heavy for the day? No, I think we're good. 